We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Did it in my own life. Mm-hmm. Did it shit my whole life. Yeah. Did it shit my whole life. Oh. Ah, yes. This is not the lamb, but one dirty Greek has been replaced with another, and it is the World Cup final. We have a date set. France versus Croatia. Alan, I could see your boner from here. Put that shit away, man. <laughs> the, the Lazi Kuchi, uh, a- a.k.a. It's Coming Home in Croatia. Oh, what's good, England? Oh. I'm not going to lie. I, I was singing that song all day Damn, yesterday. Alan getting after it early with the dishes. Alan with his blue uh, Croatia uh, polo shirt. I look a little dapper today. You, you have you been, are you going to be wearing Croatia shit just all week? Uh, you well, there's only a few days left. Yeah, there's only a few days left. Like, I hung up the flag Tuesday night, and nice. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to take this down Wednesday night, please. <laughs> and now we guarantee till Sunday, and we'll take it from there. Have you slept? <laughs> like, I went to bed maybe around 2 last night, and then I woke up at 7. I was like, I got to rewatch this. And just the first 45 minutes, well, of course, we'll get into it more, but the first 45 minutes, some of the most appalling display I've ever seen. And then the last 75 minutes, some of the most magical Football I've ever watched. So let's, yeah, let's get right into it then. So look, you go down one nothing early, fifth minute, early on a on a goal that was easy, right? The the goalie had no shot at it. It was an easy easy setup for England, Which, and it, it kind of England was a favorite. Kind of looked like England could roll. What was going through your head as a Croatia fan at that point? It was bizarre because it was a careless foul by Luka Modric, mm. one of the best midfielders in the world, if not the best mm. captain, been leading the national team for over twelve years now, and just man, is Croatia really gonna go off out like this? Careless foul, right? Because it was, I think, 24 yards away. And it was just a perfect position for mm-hmm. here and Trippier to bend it over. And just to get a foul there, go out one another. Because England, most of their goals have been off set pieces. I think 
nine of their 12 or around that. So they really haven't created of uh, open play at all. Am I even? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, so they haven't really created much from open play. And I'm just like, oh, it's England. I don't want to say steal it because they were really impressive in the first half. But I'm just in my mind, that's like they can't go out because of because this is most likely Luka Modric's last tournament. And to see Krejci's hero go out like this, it would have been pretty deflating, even though this has been a, such a magical run. But I feel like that's kind of been the story of Croatia's tournament. Like Denmark, oh. they started behind 1-0 early. Uh, Russia, yeah, they were behind 1-0 early. On what I yeah. my goal of the tournament with Cherishev, mm -hmm. that goal was disgusting. But um, they came back. So I feel like, I don't know, it's, I don't know if it's a slow start thing for Croatia. Whereas they always find themselves in these holes, like these playing from behind. Two wins against PK with PKs as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's not so forget. It's like, I don't know if it's, it's slow. I just think it's sloppy. Look at Denmark. The first minute they allowed yeah, the goal, yeah. it was off a ridiculous throw and it was just a weird deflection. The Cherishev goal, top class, can't no, do that. Goal is filthy. Yeah. So, but no, that first half was really bad because obviously they played 240 minutes in six days, and this is one of the more older squads. They're a lot of aging players, so that's what really concerned me going into the England game. That I've if I had to make a prediction, I would have picked England, being objective. And once I saw their legs going, I was just like, oh, Rockstitch couldn't complete a pass. People are yelling. You got Lovren shouting at players. It was a big game for Lovren because he's the only player that plays in the Premiership representing Croatia. So he was shouting at players. It was just like, oh, this is not ideal. And it just within slight turn in the second half, maybe the first five, ten minutes, and then he just started pumping crosses in. And England did just start retreating because England mm -hmm. likes to play like a 3-5-2. They like to be very aggressive. But then they went down to like a 5-3-2 where their two wingbacks basically became fullbacks. So they were starting a bunker. And then eventually Croatia found that cross. Shimeva Shaiko, who wasn't even supposed to play. Okay. He had a knee issue against Russia. He actually come off. He comes on, pumps into Perisic. Karate kicks it in. <laughs> Kyle Walker's going for a header. I, it was one of the most ridiculous kicks I've ever seen. And from there on, I thought Croatia took over. And I just I had a couple of tears coming in my eyes because I've been waiting for this all my life because... 1998 was the last time they made the semifinals, and I was only five years old. But I have cousins, family members that just talk about how legendary that was, such an epic run. And we've been here for over 10 years of how this golden generation, quote unquote, needs to live up to expectations, but they don't have the mentality to do it. And there's been so much heartbreak over the past eight to 10 years, and they're finally in the here final. we are. Croatia, second smallest country to be in the final. Uruguay was number one. 19, 1950. Yeah. yeah. So They say Croatia is like this population is the size of England in terms of, I mean, not England, London. Four million. In terms of population. I said four million. Right. Which uh, is crazy. So you mentioned a little bit of the defensive shift on England's side. What do you think happened on the Croatian side that you could really tell the tide shifted like five, ten minutes into that second half where Croatia was controlling the ball, they were controlling the pace, they were pushing it. What do, you, what do you think Croatia, Croatia did any differently? Or do you think it was because England kind of played their prevent defense? In a way, I think England did, but I just think the midfield class eventually took over. Croatia has a well-decorated midfield, while England's, that's probably one of their weaker areas. And once Croatia started getting possession, England started retreating. And they, uh, England, they clearly had the speed advantage. So I think they were trying to play off the counter. Raheem Sterling, God, his pace is ridiculous. He was yeah. giving Croatia problems really bad early. That pass where he just left it off, and they, I think it went off the post. I was with Harry During Kane. The game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, was it, it, it was crazy, but they were just bombarding and then eventually I just think England they were either gonna play on the counter and sit deep and they eventually pay for it. England had a lot of chances to go up two nothing early on, right? Absolutely. And uh, I feel like that's where they sort of Jesse Lingard had one where he was yep. in the middle of the box, tried to bend it rather than blast it, and he just totally 
wasted golden opportunity. And then the, the Harry Kane. The so Harry, that, that was off tough sides. Angle. That was a tough angle. Oh, it, I was talking about the off the post. The Harry yeah, Kane no, off. they call it off sides. But I think with VAR, that would have been onside. So if that would have went in, they would have looked at VAR and it could have been too. So that huge tie could have been turned. Especially, I think he could also have had Sterling there too if he squared the ball. But a lot of these players, uh, like if you remember in the last few seconds, not to scare everything, but Croatia actually could have killed at the end. Kramarich uh, had Perisic on the other side, but he decided, oh, these players, mm. especially striker, you have that scores mindset. He just wanted to be the hero. And I thought Kane, uh, of course, he's probably going to win golden boot, but a lot of his goals this tournament have been off penalties. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and he's a captain too. So yeah, he wanted to take the initiative, but I think he definitely regrets that now. Yeah, he also had those three goals earlier in the tournament. I think it was against Saudi. No, no, no. he had two against Tunisia, and then like it's I three mean, Panama. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saudi, Saudi was in Group A. I'm yeah, fucking. but um, yeah. I mean, I don't, what were your thoughts when uh, Perisic ties it up? Like, well, first of all, Croatia was playing from behind, right, yeah. very early on, and it's just like, do you ever feel like time is running out? Because I get that sense sometimes as a fan. Like when I'm watching USA or Arsenal, I'm just like. Damn, or even when I'm betting and I have like something in the second half, 45 minutes yeah. feels like 15 minutes. And I'm yeah. like, dude, it's like, what the hell is going on with all, obviously, you know, fouls and stuff where guys stay down longer than, you know, stoppage time, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what's your thoughts when Paris scores? And, and then even after that, with the 20 minutes, when you're going to overtime, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> like, I can't imagine what your heart rate's like because it's a third straight game. You're going yeah. to extra time, but it's just like, what's going through your mind in a quarterfinal, I mean, in a semifinal game where it's just like, this is the biggest stage. I'm sure as a Croatia fan that you've seen. Yeah, because you talk about fatigue, and that's what people were, because the first half you just saw the pace England was playing with and just how quick they were moving the ball. Well, Croatia just kind of looked more lethargic, and I, I couldn't really blame them because they just put against Russia. You saw in that second half of the extra time, players were cramping. People were going, Manzukic, I thought, had to be carried off the pitch at one point. Uh, like I mentioned before, Schaikel got injured. So just the fact that Croatia... Uh, I don't know what halftime speech, what they did in terms of adjustments uh, with whether it was playing more different formation, but just the energy levels picked up. And then when Persis scored that, it's been a little bit of a disappointing term for Persis. He's one of the more key attacking players. He hit the post against Russia. If he scores that, they don't go to extra time. Against Denmark, he had a volley 10 yards away. Blasted. Rosie. And that's another <laughs> that's another one where like he, if he scores those two chances, Croatia avoids extra time. So there was a lot of pressure on him because he was the star in the Euros. He scored the game winner against Spain. And he really that's where he made his mark. He became known as this like valued at $40 million. Like Jose Mourinho really wanted him at Manchester, but things didn't work out at the end. So it was just great to see him score. He's always been one of my favorites. I think probably third favorite all time for me. And just the athleticism to do it. And it was also on Kyle Walker. I don't know if you noticed. It was very bizarre. England was trying to time waste early. I don't know if you noticed. Like Kyle Walker chucked the ball. He got a yellow card. And I was just like, are, are these dudes seriously time wasting already? And that never works out for any team in any sport where you score early or take a lead early. And you try and time waste or stall. You know, mm-hmm. like run out of shot clock, for example. Like that never works ever. You got to. That's how I feel always if I was a coach. But, yo, I would keep my same tactics. I would never change. Like how you said they, they went from wingbacks to fullbacks. Like, nah, I would, I would keep it as it is. I know you're playing with leading. Maybe you're playing with fire because Croatia's going to press more. But right. it's just like, like you said, the time wasting, it doesn't work. And I don't know why they kind of resorted to that, uh-huh. you know, from like the first half on. So another two funny things with Paris goal. The first one, so I tweet out maybe four minutes before. And the fact you're even tweeting during this too, I'll give you props. I, 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 try, <laughs> I try every day. Well, I, my I, phone wouldn't be like anywhere near me. I, I try. Whenever it's like a throw-in or a foul because, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's yeah. time wasting. And players, thankfully, in this game, there wasn't too much diving because diving has been the story. Of the story. Right. I mean, look at Neymar. The Neymar. But, yeah. yeah. But I, I tweet out like four minutes before. And this is some of the worst crossing I've ever seen. I've seen like 25 crosses. Not one of them looked dangerous. England's clearing this out with ease. 
And then Vashiko hits Perisic just perfect sublime. And I was just like, oh, wow, I'm going to have to eat this one. And then, so we're all celebrating. Two minutes later, Perisic goes on another run, <laughs> hits the post, and then deflects off Rebic. And I, people were like, wait, it could have easily been 2-1. And people are still celebrating because it was just a crazy sequence. I guess that's the wildness of soccer where you're just you're losing your mind over a goal. And then two minutes later, they're already on the attack. So that was just that was unbelievable, and just the fact that they really went for it at the end. And England, they came to this game fresh. They played Sweden. It was a very straightforward game. Sweden barely threatened, and I was shocked that their energy level was dropped. Young team as well. Yeah, not a lot of experience, and just the fact that they, like I said, they had a clear speed and athleticism advantage, and they just didn't use it. You could just tell players were cramping at the end, and Southgate was pressed into making. I think Southgate. Uh, the English manager is going to regret one thing. I think he shouldn't have kept on two strikers because you could I, tell Croatia was really getting after, and he still wanted to play with two strikers. I swear I hit the group chat early on, and I said, why don't they play with two strikers? I, right. Someone said uh, Vardy was hurt, but I could have sworn, and he came on late in the game. Well, I think when they were down, he came on. He but they brought been. on Rashford. I didn't like bring on Rashford Sterling. Sterling was causing so much problems. Why would you take him off? I know he's not a great finisher. English fans got on his case about it, but... He's been sterling. You could tell, like, defenders panic when he comes around because he could nick the ball off and create something. Could they have went Vardy, Kane up top? Uh, not against a team like Croatia because Croatia, they're going to control possession, and I think England was going to be threatened by it because England played three in the back. They have these three center backs. One of them, Kyle Walker, not really a center back. He's more of a wing back, plays for Manchester City. But I don't think, unless it's desperate, they could play with Kane or, or against a lesser opposition, but Got not it. in a semifinal. Like, like Croatia had to alter their moves as well, uh, their lineup, because they play with this guy named Andre Kramer. He's the one who scored against Russia over at her, but they had to bench him because he just doesn't mesh well. He doesn't really drop, drop deep, so they play this guy, Marcelo Brozovic, who plays for Inter. He's more of a defensive mid, so that presses Modric more up, Got gives it. Modric and Rakitic more freedom with a true defensive mid rather than Kramer, who's more of a striker or false nine. So I was going to say that you talk about the, the Kramer goal. How about Mandzukic? He was on the assisting end of Mario! that goal. Yeah. That was a beautiful service against Russia, and then you know, he comes in this game, he scores the game yeah. winner. So, I mean, like, Mandzukic, just, I, I feel like, you know, he's been stepping up these last couple of games. Yeah, because group stage is a little quiet. Yeah, yeah. I, I regret because I get on Mandzukic case. There's a thing with Mandzukic where he doesn't really mesh well with the players because he just has a style where he's he's a target man. Right. He likes headers. Right. He's not really skillful with the ball. Well, Croatia, a ball-playing team, they want to be... At the feet. Uh, yeah, they want to play at the feet. They want to create through balls. They just want to play more on the ground but Mandzukic is not really a case he's just more of a guy that he'll go to the back post whether it's trying to head on target or say he'll knock it down to one of the attacking midfielders or wingers but man his work rate his determination you could just tell this guy doesn't stop and even though there's three or four times a game he's down I can <laughs> see why away fan, uh, opposing fans dislike him because this guy at least three or four times a game will be on the floor and it's just like <laughs> can, can this guy just come off already like yeah. what is he doing And but this time's where he's legit injured as well but that goal where Perisic won the header off, I think it was Trippier, and then just that that volley because that was his weaker foot. He's a, he kicks he's right footed, right. And for him to do a left feet being a keeper like Pickford, and I gotta mention Pick, uh, Pickford in terms of distribution, like in terms of goalie when it comes to passing, ridiculous. Like Croatia yeah. was really trying to press him, and he was playing passes sixty yards downfield, and I'm just like, ah, oh, I knew he was good with the ball, but this guy's. He's looking like Neuer out there. As a, as a person who is new to like following soccer like this. Like, I don't know the players before this, but I've become familiarized with that. The one thing that stood out to me was what I thought was Croatia wanted it more. They they looked like they wanted it more the whole time. On the other side, France and Belgium played a game right. where <laughs> it looked like the team that was more talented also wanted it more, and 
pretty much put an easy victory together, controlled the ball the whole time. Right. Um, in terms of the Fran- France-Belgium game, uh, is there anything that you're taking away from that in terms of if you're looking forward, what can you take away from that France-Belgium game? France is unbreakable, I think. Mm. Consistent. I, we were talking, me and MP were talking before the show. So France has four clean sheets of six games. 5-0-1 oh, going into the final, correct? Right. Uh, Lloris has been like, yeah, he's that's some of those saves know, he made against her. I was actually hyped because Courtois and Lloris, like, this might be the two best goalies in this tournament oh, yeah. thus far. And it's Absolutely. like to see him go head to head. And Courtois made some good saves. So she against Brazil, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, like he has a strong case for a uh, golden glove. But with France, so they, I could see once against Australia, ridiculous handball and Titi, who's now the hero in oh, France, yes, got yes, respect yes, him. Yes. And then Argentina scored some free goals. Di Maria, top class, won the goals of the tournament, I think. Uh, but other than that, they have not conceded clean sheet against Uruguay, clean sheet against Belgium. We're talking about, I know Cavani didn't play, but still they shut down Suarez. And then Belgium, Belgium was high flighting against Brazil and just Lukaku. Non-factor. Non-factor. They neutralized Hazard. And Same, similar to Harry Kane, just to go back to that. Like Harry Kane wasn't really nah, much of a factor yeah. against Croatia. Nothing from De Bruyne as well. Yeah, De Bruyne tried, though. That ball at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Lukaku maybe made five pounds <laughs> less and could have dove, that could have been one of that could have been arguably goal at the time because that ball was insane. Just the bend on it. And it just it was going there. It was clearly a throw, yeah. but just it was on target enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They they didn't look like inspiring going forward. It felt like you know this is the golden age of Belgium soccer, where it's like they. I think they're. I'm not sure if it was among the four teams remaining, but they're regardless. They're one of the oldest teams in the tournament in terms of ro- age on roster. So it's like, what are they going to look like in four years from now? Was this their last run at it with with Roberto Martinez? And uh, I don't know. It's Kate, you know, De Bruyne and Hazard. Hazard is class. Like mm-hmm. he's going to end up on a. He might leave. I think he's leaving Chelsea. Yeah, because they're know. not in Champions League. He and might replace Ronaldo. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I don't know if you noticed. There's a giant hole in Real Madrid right now. Just a <laughs> yeah, giant yeah. hole. And he and and his tournament was like super inspiring. Uh-huh. So he might be able to you know take that role at uh, Madrid. But I don't know France. I just want to say going going forward, Giroud is the worst player I've seen with the ball <laughs> at his feet. That guy is horrendous. Although he did have. A nasty flick on a set piece. I think uh, it was Griezmann played it in, right. and he got it like it was. It was a shot, but it wasn't on goal. It was like right to the side of the post, where his head like bent around the defender. It was it was the most like ridiculous attempt that I had ever seen. But uh, I don't know. I think Giroud's gonna need to do more. I know he's taking up space just being there, but um, I don't think you can. Re- I mean, Mbappe alone is causing havoc up top in Griezmann. Uh, but um, I, how about Conte and Pogba? Unbelievable. Holding holding the midfield Unbelievable. down. I, like they've been playing with class all tournament. They kind of controlled this game, uh, albeit Belgium had more of the possession mm-hmm. at the end because they were going forward for most of the game. But Conte and Polk would just shut down mm-hmm. anything going through the middle. I think if someone's gonna win the golden boot on France, either if Mbappe goes off in a final, he'll probably win it. But if he doesn't and France wins, I think look, I would love to see Luka Modric win, but if you're gonna give it to where Conte has yeah. to be there. Or and we should also get I think Rafael Varane doesn't get enough credit as one of the best center backs in the world. Because with France, they have just so much talent, so it's hard to pinpoint certain players. But Varane and Umtiti just been rocks back there. And, of course, Umtiti scored the winner. Yeah, yeah, off the set piece again. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you mentioned this in the group stage, how set pieces mm-hmm. knocked out the all African, the African countries. Teams. Yeah, all the African teams. And it's just like proven how, how difficult they are to defend, you know, and how... But didn't Senegal get knocked good. out on yellow cards? Yeah, yeah. yeah but the thing, <laughs> but, is, the but thing is, they lost to Colombia, though, on a corner. Okay. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. I, I, we felt bad for Senegal, but... That's, that's first yeah. time in history, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's a weird rule. But, but I believe 44% of goals have been scored off set-pieces World Cup. The last one was about 17%. What? So it's just ridiculous how teams either... Like England, you could tell they work on because they have like a row of four players and they just crash. But there's other teams, it's just they use their size or just teams don't know how to mark. Some either man-mark or some use zonal. And... And in this case, I think Fellaini got caught flat-footed and Umtiti drove in. And Umtiti, look a little, he's a little clumsy on the ball, but when you score a header like that. And let's not want to mention the Uruguay game. Veron scored. How about Griezmann with a little stop and then hit the free yeah, kick? Yeah, very, he did said, like a little audible. And it was like, he oh, did that again work. in the Belgium game, but it yeah, didn't work out. They worked out. It's hey. like a stutter step. Usually you say that when you take it, like someone lines up to take a penalty. Mm-hmm. They'll stutter step. And like Griezmann, for some reason, is taking this to his... Free kicks. It's just like starts that. Hold my man's Zlatko Dalic is watching that. <laughs> I guess, hey, it moves the line back a little bit. Oh, yeah. You, know, you I can mean, tell they're it, throwing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I don't think Belgium's touring was a failure. You, they beat Brazil. Like, that's yeah. a huge achievement. For them to make the semifinals, I think it's still remarkable. Because this was a team two years ago lost to Wales in the quarterfinals of the Euros. And that was, that was like a real low point for them. But for them to accomplish this, I think it's a good feat for them because some people they really they're known as perennial underachievers. Belgium for the, right. the past year, like before this tournament, their biggest win was probably against the U.S. USA in the, in the round yeah. of sixteen, the, right? Yeah, to get to the quarter, and that wasn't even that great performance. Tim Howard was swan everything away. So <sighs> sorry, <laughs> no, it's all good. I just remember that. Oh, oh, we got to give the, the United, memories, United States of love, right? Yeah, definitely not Belgium. I think it's a successful tournament, even though they oh, say. Yeah. This golden age didn't win anything. Like I think this is a win in itself, just getting to the semis. Because they were in the hard bracket. They kind of handled Brazil too, for what it's worth. Like oh. they were up two nothing early before Brazil could even bat an eye. So, mm-hmm. and they held and Courtois held off, you know, the Brazilian attack <sighs> as much as he could, and, and they wound up squeaking one by on that header. But um, yeah, they they balled all tournament. Yeah. So you know why we're here. We're here to preview the World Cup. But before we do, we want to touch on one thing: the biggest news in soccer outside of the World Cup final. My man Cristiano, he is out. Juventus, he's going to join them. He's going to be donning the white and black, looking like a referee out there. Uh, (laughs) What do you guys think this means for not only his his career in Spain and in Italy, but in the Champions League and so on? I'm kind of surprised, I will say, if Ronaldo didn't wait till like the final to to make this announcement or make it official, just because it's like, yeah, I could, I'm the biggest star in the world. I could take away. The attention from the biggest match mm. in the world. He, he but, didn't uh, want to disturb his buddy Luka Modric. Yeah. <laughs> like when LeBron did the decision. Yeah. Didn't he do it like right in. The, no, no, no. Who? Uh, man, I'm just fucking up now. No, Kevin Durant on 4th of July was very questionable. Yeah, Kevin Durant on 4th of, 4th of July. July. And then A Rod during the World Series announcing that he was retired. Sorry, That's what I was thinking about. That's what I was thinking about. I was about to get burgers and I was like, Kevin Durant has ruined the NBA. <laughs> For real, man. 4th of July. Stop and here we go. Two years later, we were right. <laughs> but. but uh, yeah, go ahead. Nah, yeah, I like the move. I mean, they're saying they're linking Marcelo too to uh, Juventus. Really? Yeah, yeah. So that'd be oh, interesting if that happens. Jesus. But um, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird too because like he owes Spain all that money in tax. Like, hey. Isn't that why you don't think that's why he left? I got it. That's my conspiracy theory. It's, no, it's not a conspiracy. It's not he's a probably, bad one. He's probably just like, <laughs> why am I? What am I doing here? Yeah. Like I'll, for what? Let's go to Italy. He's married. It's, you know. I think he just wants to chase something new. That's what comes to Syria. Yeah, but also because Juventus is one of the top teams in the world, and yeah, they're always a champ. They were in the Champions League final last last year. Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Also, two thousand fifteen. They lost to Barcelona, two thousand fifteen, and then Madrid. Madrid. Yeah. So it's oh, like, so they've never won. Okay. 
No, they've won the Champions yeah. League before, but it's just like they're there right now. And like, they've been knocked out by Madrid the last two years. Luka yeah. oh, Ronaldo scored yeah, the yeah. penalty to knock him out. Oh, so he's going to give him a nice. Penalty. He's going to give him a nice middle finger there. Yeah, but I, the word out of Juventus is that even though, so I believe they won the Serie A for the last five seasons, if not six. Like they've completely taken over that league, but now they want to become like a global brand. They want to become a Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. This is how you do it. Yeah, and even though Ronaldo's thirty three, you can't dispute his production. He's still playing at a ridiculous level. Like This man should not be going to America. He could come in like two, three years like Zlatan did. <laughs> right now, Ronaldo should be in Champions League. He should be playing at the highest level. You and think he will come over eventually? Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. LA, why not? Or even NYC. Yeah, yeah it would be cool. I don't know. I think LA is a slight more of a hot spot. Who knows? But, uh, but you know, it's a big move for them. And Juventus, they want to hit desperate because they've become really close towards winning it and it was crushing for them they got they lost literally on the last kick of the game to madrid and yeah which was controversial too like the penalty oh a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. it it was a little bit crazy but just the fact that they're getting him now in and they have a good system over there because juventus like i said they've just dominated Serie A. but these teams at Serie A now they're starting to get more money in because Serie A starting popularity is raising a little bit and now it's like okay we could compete with madrid we could compete with barcelona and we're going to figure out... It's going to be cool seeing him and Dybala together. Yeah, I, I was going to say they would form a yeah. dynamic. Because you assume there's going to be a clear out in Juventus. But I feel like if there's one player they're going to make sure the value, it's going to be Dybala. Because he's going to be like maybe right wing while Ronaldo... Because Ronaldo's a striker at this point. He's 33. He's not a winger anymore. Got right. It. So, like, Higuain's probably gone. It wouldn't surprise you if Mandzukic is gone. So, just the fact that they could clear out, but they still have so many players. Because this is, in a way, a bit of a transition for us. First year without Buffon. Yeah, he went to PSG. Yeah, which is interesting. Like he was the face of Juventus. You think that he'd stay years. around for a Champions League win, right? Like I think he just got. He's not gonna maybe want a new challenge, but Buffon's like you think of Juventus. But you got Ronaldo to stay one yeah. more year. I, I wonder if he he's thinking that right now that he might have botched it. I don't know. Maybe it was mutual. I don't know. Maybe it was this. Like, maybe they got tired. But the thing is, like, Chesney's now their keeper, and Chesney's, Chesney's not oh that the highly rated. Like, I that's it. Like, I can write picture. He fell out of favor at Arsenal, like, pretty quickly. Yeah, Chesney. like, I can picture Ronaldo just looking at him, just like, what, what country is he from? Poland. He was okay. actually played in the World Cup yeah. as Polish, Poland's keeper. He's not bad, but it's no, just. he's not bad. He's not a keeper that you were connect with a top five top six club okay yeah like he's not a snow keeper no yeah so uh yeah so listen ronaldo is going he's trying to find the championship and but right now we're worried about the championship the major championship the one the championship france versus croatia Sunday morning sunday morning Which so is, everyone has off of work supposedly it, 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 it's nice i mean for like, right can that, we uh, can we do something I have a list. Give me who has the advantage in what. Can we run through a little terms, a quick like list? positions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like stro- okay. Yeah. So we're gonna go tail the tape a little bit here. Tail of the tape. So let's go down with a, the tail of the tape. A little I like tail it. of the tape. I like it. I like it. I like it. Overall talent. Croatia or France? France. Uh, France. France. <laughs> All right. Goalkeeper. Love me some Subasic, but Loris is top five in the world. Yeah, Loris. He's he's been playing out of his fucking mind too. Defenders. Gotta go France. Yeah, France. Veronica. I mean, France is also, I feel like the betting odds, like a heavy favorite. So yeah. Right now, they're uh, minus 220. Yeah, it's no surprise to me. Midfield. Yeah. Maybe Croatia. I'll go, I'll go Croatia. That's, go- that's not even easy. Like, like Conte and Pogba have just been like having right. a monster tournament. But you have Rakitic and Modric that are like 
you know, they played the two top teams in, in Spain. And right. it's just like, and even though they're hard he, to pass up on too. Even though the lines of a winger, I think one France's unsung hero, who actually might not play, he might have a concussion, Blaise Matuiti, who, God, he was just driving down. Like, he played a big role in limiting De Bruyne. Like, Deschamps really, because Deschamps is, is a French manager. He has, He's a defensive midfielder. That's who he plays. So he's a, even though France has all his talent, he's always defense first. So it's not surprised to see Matui start, and he's if he plays, I don't know, he might be concussed. The Champs won the World Cup with them too, I think, in '98. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's so, like they'll be interesting. But he's another big factor in midfield, Matui. But it's like, look, Modric's best to me, best midfielder world. Rakitic has been playing incredible. And you're gonna give him Croatia. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. we know attack. Uh, oh, I was gonna say let's, let's next about it. attack. Mbappe, Griezmann, what more do we really have to say? Drew, you could throw lowers their value Drew. a little. So <laughs> we we mentioned clearly about Drew. So look. He's well, another, I told you how I felt about He's him. another one of Deschamps' favorites. And, look, he's been working hard. He, he links very well with Griezmann. That's why I think he yeah, starts because him and Griezmann have that rapport. Big man, little man, knock it down. Griezmann shoots. Like, they really click in the Euros. Hasn't really worked as much in this tournament. But the crazy side with Drew, he's played over 700 minutes. Not one shot on target in this tournament. Yeah. Coach. I'm not the day of Deschamps fan. Um, and I love you some Zlatko Dalic. But it's hard because in international, they're not allowed – well-known managers because we always talk about the biggest managers are in the clubs because that's right. where you go all the money. It's where you're week in, week out working. Because international managers, if there's not an international tournament, they're working six, seven times a year, qualifiers, friendlies. So that's why it's so hard to rate international managers. That's like when you look at even international basketball, like you don't see – you see Coach K coaching the team. You yeah. don't see like Steve Kerr coaching the team. Like, you know, It's like, like the, the college coaches take care of that. Like Martinez is a big name. Sampali is a big name for all the wrong reasons, unfortunately, for Argentina. He's linked to, like, U.S., supposedly, Ugh. which would be interesting. Maybe we can talk about that after. <laughs> yeah. him, Helen's man. praying over here for the sake of the United States. Who would you give the advantage to in, in, in manager? Uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of even. even. Yeah, I would say so. I, I think Zlatko Dodge has done an incredible job. I could get into... Yeah, to get what? Croatia to the stage of the tournament, I mean, that, yeah. uh, Did, along with the play, the coaching, too. So, is. a quick brief of what he's done. So... I brought this up a couple of times on Twitter. In early October, they were playing a qualifier against Finland. It wasn't a manager yet. They had this manager, Ante Chacic, very unpopular. They draw off against Finland, 1-1 in uh, Rijeka, I think it was, in Croatia's one of the main cities. And they basically fell into second place. They were tied with Ukraine. Iceland went ahead of them in the group. Iceland pretty much was going to win the group because they played Kosovo two days later, and they were going to beat Kosovo. So it was Croatia, Ukraine. They sacked the manager on Friday night. They're playing Monday, Columbus yeah. Day. Literally 48 hours, Lako Dalic had to prepare. They're going to Kiev to play Ukraine. We know Ukraine, one of the more hostile environments in Europe. They went 2 nothing, And from that day on, people just fully believed in him. Was they, he on the staff before? No. He was been managing in Saudi Arabia and then United Arab Emirates. So he's had a lot. Even though his... He's not really well known. He's been the Asian champions. I know it doesn't say a lot, but at least he has legitimate experience because Croatians know a lot of their managers have not exactly been qualified. They either come from under 21 or just they coach in the Croatia League and they just don't have much to offer. He's actually legitimate and he's beloved. He's also actually managed under 21s from, I think, 2006, 2010. So he actually had relationship with players. Knew guys some like, of these guys. Guys like Lovren and Mandzukic and Vershaiko he's had experience with. So... It was a perfect fit, and from that day on, he's really he's lifted the country. Because I'm not against the political stuff. There's a lot of issues in Croatia, but he's really made people love the national team. And I always support the national team, but in Croatia, there is a divide. But now it was crazy. So they're in the playoff. They played Greece. Sorry, Greece. I don't have to bring this up, but they beat <laughs> Greece four-one the playoff to hey, qualify. Hey, hey. So and it was in Zagreb, <laughs> and 
So past like five, six years, they've only drawn like six, 8,000 people in like a 30,000 stadium against Greece. They sold out first time in years. And it was because of this man, they really, the country came alive. It was like a special night. Rockstitch did an interview with Players Tribune. Or is it, is it an interview with Players Tribune? Or is it just nah, Players Tribune, you write your, your own. Yeah, not here. Just He writes no story. My, my bad. <laughs> but uh, Rockstitch basically, he said, it was like the best we ever played in five, six years. And I went up to Modric after the game. He's like, why is it always like this? Like, why is it not? And, and it was just, it was a real pivotal moment. And that's why going to this tournament, I was like, this team might be special. Maybe core finals. Maybe. I love the Rakitic Modric dynamic. Like, they're always, like, uh, Rakitic speaks so highly of Luka Modric. I remember, like I said, I think on the last podcast when they went to penalties, mm-hmm. I think it was Denmark when he missed the penalty. Right. Modric, that is. Rakitic, like, went to the group and before the penalty shootout, and he was like, let's get this for him. Like, he's done so much for us yeah. this whole tournament thus far. Like, let's pick him up now. It's our turn. Yeah. It's, it's and then I think beautiful. even after last game, he was speaking highly again of Luka Modric. I think he said he was the best midfielder in the world. Yeah. So, so it's a really cool dynamic. And I think one thing is cool about this, we're going to get to preview now, that Croatia's midfield, Real Madrid-Barcelona. Yeah. France center backs, Real Madrid-Barcelona. So now that you guys have kind of went down the tail of the tape, of this of this matchup take me through if you if you can like write the script of this game of how it's gonna go not how you want it to go because i know alan was like well five zero croatia croatia <laughs> not how you want it to go but how you think it's gonna go trying to be as objective as possible oh yeah how do you see this game playing out and who at the end of this sunday around two o'clock or so is going to be crowned World Cup champion. Oof, it's going to 2 o'clock, then. That means penalties. Game starts at 11. <laughs> <laughs> You'll take penalties, right? <sighs> Super Why six, not? Man. He's been through two sets of them already. And it's 57% like it. uh, rate, I think, uh, his save rate is. Yeah, like he made he, some monster saves. He, he's he's massive, and he, thankfully he's healthy now, too. So, uh, I, I think going to this game, though, with all finals, people need to realize both teams are going to be cautious. Nobody wants to make mistakes, especially France being so disciplined. I know Croatia maybe doesn't have much to lose, but it's a final. No one wants to be the guy that makes that mistake. No one wants to be the defender that loses possession or, or not properly, uh, whether running offside trap or whatever. The pressure is on France, right? You'd say that Croatia is playing with house money? Yeah, because France, they, they haven't forgotten two years ago. So they lost to Portugal mm. in, in France. And that was a huge loss because Ronaldo went off, and they really should have won that. They were a far more talented team, and they are the more talented team here. And you look at France's roster; like they, the next four to six years, they should be winning a lot of tournaments. Like the fact that they won the last one, it was unbelievable. So, Got it. Uh, I think yeah, I think it's gonna be cautious on, but I think we'll eventually see France to, with Conte. Like Conte against Modric is just gonna be wild. Like boss, how crazy is that gonna be? We're yeah, talking about the best holding midfielder against the best central midfielder. Yeah, you can even talk about Pogba, Rakitic. You can throw like yeah. two versus two, like just two of the more dynamic players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it, that'll be an interesting matchup. I think it's it's still like on the France's attack going forward. Vita, you know, can keep Giroud at bay. You know, mm-hmm. in the middle from services coming in. Who Vita himself scored that monster header against Russia, against yeah. Russia which was a little awkward header, but it was yeah. <laughs> another <laughs> un- another unsung hero. Yeah. That penalty score. So not the backtrack, but when he scored that penalty, when he was welcome to take the penalty against Russia, I'm like, this guy could barely complete a 20 yard pass. Why on earth does he <laughs> kick a penalty? Puts an upper left corner. I'm like, never mind. About his <laughs> But, uh, yeah, just like Griezmann and Mbappe flying down the wings and just looking for Drew. So I think it's up to the Croatian center backs, including Vita, if, he, if they can keep Drew at bay, who's been kept at bay this whole tournament. Like you said, hasn't had a shot yet, but you never know. It only takes one game and, and one chance. So we'll see what happens. It seems like the consensus is 
France is going to win the game. If Croatia wins, what's going to happen? How does Croatia win the game? Go down one nothing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think they can come back from down one nothing against yeah. this French squad. Yeah, no, Give I agree. Give me the recipe for a Croatia win. One concern I have with France, they haven't really been tested with their fullbacks, so they have this guy Pavard, who I don't think much people heard of going to this tournament. So he's Pavard. A, he he's technically a center back on Stuttgart. Stuttgart's a mid level, mid table yeah. German club. And teams haven't really attacked. Di Maria did a little bit. He had a little success. But the rest of these teams really haven't. And Perisic is on the left side. And then you have Rebic on the other side going against uh, Lucas Hernandez, who's another someone unknown player. So if, I think they really got to attack him through the wings. And I know this probably means a lot more crossing. And as bad as Croatia has been on crossing, you see it, if they get it together, magic happens where it's through Perisic or Mandzukic, who's yeah. obvious target man. So if Croatia wins, it's probably going to come on the flanks. Because I know everyone likes to talk about, oh, Moldres Rakitic best midfield in the world why can't they just pass through the middle and magic happens do you realize team's game plan for this like, yeah. it, it, like this doesn't just happen oh Modric is going to play a ball right here right into the middle Mandzuc is going to score easy yeah, sure. yeah. these teams game plan for it they're going to flood the box so that's why you have to play through a flanks because they're going to test them there and that's where they got capitalized Modric Rockdich take the attention through the middle and then you go through a flanks you get the fullbacks up Shaiko Strinic who I hope is fit he's had a calf issue hasn't played uh, a complete game in the last three matches. It's hard to play 120 minutes, to be fair. But, yeah, uh, yeah if Croatia's going to win, they got to play through a flanks. And we got to touch on this. They're going to have to contain Mbappe. Mbappe yeah, looks like a monster through the middle. He, against Belgium, we didn't talk about it. He was a nightmare. He'll probably be on Real Madrid next year too, right? Yeah. If, <laughs> Some big club. Yeah. I mean, he's already on PSG. So If it's not Hazard or Neymar, it's probably him. But I assume of all three, I think his club values him the most. Because PSG, they're one of the monster clubs. French, that connection. Right, right, right. So... Yeah, but Mbappe, I think he's somebody, given that Croatia, a little sloppy in the back. We saw Sterling give him problems with this speed. Mbappe, if he's on the ball, he could cause serious problems. What about you, boss? Croatia wins, what are they going to do? I think, like Alan said, play out, like out wide. I mean, Pavard, who you mentioned, he has a couple of goals this tournament, and he's known for more for his like wing play, I feel like, uh, you know, going forward. Mm-hmm. Although one of them, I think, was on a kick out on a set piece where like a header fell right to him. Well, that goal against Argentina was yeah, yeah, yeah. unreal. Yeah. So... But I don't know, I think it needs to test the flanks a little bit. And then maybe the middle will open up. Who knows? For Modric or someone to take a shot from deep. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to come down to battle the midfields. Whoever holds possession more. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, two world class midfields going at it. And then you have Griezmann, who even comes back to the middle to check in for support. So we'll see what happens. I, th- I think France, I like France to win. Sorry, Alan. Uh, but they're, they are the <laughs> favorites. So it's, I'm not really going out on a limb here. Les Blue. Um, I don't know. I, I see France winning maybe 1 nothing. Same thing. In uh, regulation. Yeah. As so, sorry, as someone who didn't know shit about any of these players before we, before this World, Seri- World Series, World Cup started. Uh, World I, Series of Soccer. There's been a lot of set piece, like goals and goals off the set pieces. What about if Croatia has more set pieces than France? Do you think that that, that could is, be an X factor? Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, Croatia has, could see the last three games off set pieces. Denmark, the throw in. Russia. The Fernandez. Free kick. Yeah, and then yeah. England, free kick. So, Croatia has looked vulnerable on set pieces. And France, the last two games, have scored off set pieces. So, yeah, it could totally be the difference maker. It's, it's just all about organization and just tracking the players around. Because France, it's not just their defenders are known for being you know, organized and they could they're just they win every header. They're just athletes. Like, Umtiti's up monster yeah veron could get up like these guys like lover and vita are good athletes too but veron and umtiz are on another level and it wouldn't surprise me if they score that or, and thing is once france scores they're just gonna shut up shot because we saw against them like he brought jeru for like a holy midfielder they brought uh Griezmann for like a another uh right back or whatever it's so they have no issue and like i said this is a final so 
don't expect the most entertaining game. As fun as this Croatia's team bit, and Croatia's gonna bring it. Don't worry, they're gonna they don't back down. They're gonna go at it, and whether it's going through the flanks, like I said, they're gonna press eventually too. So, uh, yeah, it's man. I'm just I'm nervous. You're just right go here. down one zero. <laughs> <laughs> boss, boss says one nothing. What do you say? Yeah, I'm gonna say one nothing, uh, and I think it's gonna be a nine miss. I just, it's, I can't see this team breaking bringing down because France, like I said, they just haven't been broken, and you, they play some top attacks, and who knows? But uh, I do like th- that this game because a lot with soccer now, you see there's a lot more uh, like teams playing three man attacks and more athletic. I do like there's two traditional number nines this game. Giroud sure, and Mandzukic, two slow, old school number nines, ready to win headers, ready to just yeah. battle, throw bones. Yeah. Like, it's going to be cool to see them. I just hope neither of them get in a foot race because, man, they can I just want to ask Alan one last question before I we wrap up. Before, uh, before the game starts Sunday, how proud are you are of this Croatian team? Oh, it's the best team I ever watched because. For the last few tournaments, they've they've gone on heartbreaking fashion. So 2008 Euros, they lost. They scored the 119th minute against Turkey, and then 122nd minute, they allowed a goal later on the last kick. They end up losing on penalty shots. That's why Christians were so nervous about penalty shots because they lost in penalty shots. It didn't even go to the fifth kicker. They lost, I think, like four one. Modric, Rakitic, both missed penalties. They weren't even on target. Like the team was just horrified, and they were very young at the time. But that really scarred Christians, and then they lost to Portugal. Portugal, that's how Portugal's run really started. They lost 118th minute because they tried to go all out because they didn't want to go penalties, and then Portugal countered and scored. So there's been a lot of heartbreak over the past few tournaments, and just for them to be in this position, like m- one of my traditions, whenever Croatia goes out in the tournament, I listen to 808s and heartbreak and just eat <laughs> my pizza. I don't have to do it now. I'm damn proud of this team. And it, I, I, I just watching with whether I'm watching with 20 Croatians or I'm watching with 150 Croatians in Stu Square. It's just been a ridiculous tournament, and just I think one of the best feelings when you watch your national team, you know, especially in America, for here, sure. When you see it, like when Clint Dempsey scored that goal against Ghana, just mm. the, it sounds basic, but this is the essence of a goal and being with like a crowd of barf, whether it's forty people or hundred people, and just losing your mind over that. It's just the best feeling. That's why people ask me because I, I cover the Falcons. I've been watching Falcons all my life. People are like, "Oh, Falcons Super Bowl." This to me, you can't compare it to because this is just. Totally different. Just the world's watching. You're with your family. You're with a whole bunch of people. And yeah, the touchdown's cool, but it's like they <laughs> score a goal on, the, on Sunday. It's going to be insane. Like when Manzuka scored, I, I literally lost my voice. I'm like, it just, you, then you start singing. Like, again, those, because Christian known for singing as well, unlike American sports. Yeah, so yeah. we need to hear one of those songs, man. It's, we'll it's, especially because when the Croatians are such underdogs that when you get so many Croatians in a, I was at, uh, a Croatian bar watching the game and I didn't have any rooting interest and all of a sudden I found myself rooting as hard for the Croatians as the Croatians in the bar because the energy was just like so palpable yeah. and like I could feel it in my chest. Uh, one last question before we wrap up. So uh, France, second youngest uh, team in the tournament. This is kind of like their golden age starting, right? And as you said, Croatia, they're kind of wrapping up their, their golden age. Yeah. Do you think that age difference is going to play a factor at all in this game? If it were to play a fact, I thought it would play against England. Now France has much more quality, but I think the Croatians are locked and lower. Like this, the fact that the fact that they took over that game in the last sixty-five minutes really said something to me because you expect them to the fatigue because like that Russia game, they looked dead. I was just like, oh man. And then the first they like did, said, they yeah. did. And then the first four or five minutes, England couldn't have looked more lethargic. So at this point, it's like I don't think really age plays a fact because that adrenaline. Hmm. People talk. I know it sounds kind of basic, but. 
It's nah, like they matter. I agree. I think it's just one last game. At this point, I don't think age is going to matter because everyone knows what each team, each side is playing for. And it's like, we're either going to leave it all out there and we're going to play, try and keep it mistake free. And I don't think age would have, you know, an impact on that. Although, like I said, I, I do think Mbappe is going to have a huge Right. And also, like, all these guys have experience at the pro club level for, yeah. for years now. So it's... How, how, Whether it's lack of international experience, it's made up for at the pro club absolutely. at the club level. How many of the eleven for France pro, p- potentially starting lost in the Euro final? Most of them. Griezmann, Giroud, Varane, Conte was Lloris, there. Yeah, uh, I would okay, say at least yeah. five or six of them. Yeah. Okay. So, but I know they've revamped a little bit after Euros. But, they did switch the roster yeah, a little bit, right. but yeah. So, but, but like I said, I think if, if age is gonna play a factor, it's gonna be if. A player's one-on-one in Mbappe because Mbappe's just going <laughs> to blow right through him. Man, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's scary. He's going to probably legs. be the next phenom. That's it. All right. So before we wrap up, final score and winner. Everyone start with Alan. France won. No, sorry, folks. I gotta be France objective. won nothing in the 90. France 2-1. Croatia 3-2. Wow. 3-2. Cause you know what? Fuck it. I'll no, be no. rooting hard. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. I'm telling you, Alan, right All now. Right. You're going to remember this. I just want one goal. France <laughs> is going to score in the first half. They're going to go nothing. down one nothing, And then Croatia will score in between the 70th and the 85th minute. Okay. And then what will happen? I'm not sure. Don't, don't say extra Ooh. time. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know that. I think France wins. If that's how the game works, then we're all in for an exciting game. For sure. Come, not for nothing. I hope a final isn't decided on penalties. We saw it in 06. It's, yeah, it's I a little bit of a lame way to go out. But I hope, I hope, but, I hope Alan doesn't have to go through. But it. win just, or lose, I just hope he doesn't have to go I through. That's what the result, man. I make, feel make like I'm a So on that note, we will leave you. This is our last regular episode of VMFC. Thank you guys for having me on today. The sitting in for the other dirty Greek. Hopefully the next time uh, we do this for the World Cup, Greece oh. and the United States are also yeah. in it. But we're also gonna have some VMFC episodes. Uh, sprinkled in. Yeah, they'll uh, be popping up. Yeah, they'll be popping up. It's not going to be regular like it is it's now. It's crazy because the Premiership starts like less than a month from now. So I know that'll and, be interesting. And think about it: the English player is just lost, so a lot of them are going to be on vacation when it starts. Yeah. So. There you go. Yeah. Um, Alan, where can they find you? Alan underscore Sturk A double L E N underscore S T R K. Sunday morning is gonna be wild. Let's go. What time are you waking up Sunday morning? Seven a.m. Man, I need to get my eggs in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get that. Get a good breakfast in there. Eggs. Eggs and seven beers right off the bat. Yeah. Go ahead, boss. Uh, at Endevito twenty seven on Twitter and the gram. MP. I M P Y seven one eight. You already know Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me, of course, at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky at the lamb show for the usual host i'm sitting in for that dirty greek over there uh nick the lamb and you could find the whole studio of course uh at san Agato studio and veterans minimum at veterans minimum on twitter and at veterans underscore minimum on instagram with that enjoy the game get out to a place with people if you can enjoy this shit hey ole 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 we'll see you next time